Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the City of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. Thanks. Does that mean I can't drink coffee while I'm up here? Thanks a lot. Anyway. Hey, good to see you all. I wish I would have known and I, I would have I paid attention uh, about the whole idea about the itchiest sweater because I have a lovely picture of my childhood in an itchy sweater. And anytime that picture is brought out, my brother and I shame my parents, mainly my mom. She thought it was a good idea. It still is not a good idea. But I can't wait for Wednesday to hear all the stories about the itchy things that happen. We find ourselves in Advent. This is preceding Christmas, and my, my hope for you for the past few years here at Refuge, and even for this season, if this is the first time that you're like dipping your toe in the water of Advent, the concept and the hope for us is that you can pace yourself as you get ready to celebrate Christmas. It is not just a way to check off your dates on the calendar, pull out the chocolates from the calendar that you have for you yourself, or whatever other technique that you do for Advent. But Advent is the season of preparation that Christians have been doing for centuries, many, many centuries. Even right after the birth of Jesus, a lot of the Christians were trying to figure out how do we continue to celebrate the birth of the king? Because The celebration of births of kings happened all over the land, whether it was in the empire of Rome or in the Greco um, empire or anybody else. The season of celebrating the king's birth was a big deal, and the same was true for Jesus. And so Advent gives us four weeks of preparation, and we highlight the different themes that the candles represent. And sometimes lighting candles, whether you want it for a good smell in your house or wherever you're at, is also a good thing to just pace ourselves with slowness, because there's anything but slow and a good pace to the season. If I were to ask you and you were to be honest with me, that would be the, um, the caveat, if we were to be honest. It's sometimes the hardest season of the year because we're so busy and we're moving from thing to thing. I bet your calendar is just as full as mine. And we wonder, how is it that when we get to Christmas Day, Will we be able to be present for what God is doing? And so I love the tradition of Advent that even on our Sundays that we would mark ourselves with the pace that says, I want to make sure that I don't forget about the hope and the peace and the joy and the love of Christ as we get ready to turn our attention to celebrating Christmas. And one more thing, I'm going to get on my high horse here, um, just in case you were worried about this one, is uh, the 12 days of Christmas actually begin on Christmas Day. So if you thought you should get rid of that tree on the 26th, don't do it. Keep it up all the way to January 5th. All right, that's it. Public service announcement number one. Okay, turn in your Bibles. If you have one with you, whether it's on your phone or you have a real one in front of you, I want you to go to the book of Philippians. It's actually a letter written to a New Testament church that was there in the city of Philippi, which is why it gets its name called the Philippians. I just totally blanked right there. I'm like... It's not the Philippines, is it? No, it's Philippians. Thank you for that moment right there. All right, so Philippians is this letter written by a guy named Paul who is one of the most prolific writers in the New Testament. We hear about this guy all the time. And he is writing to his friends in this city called 
Philippi, which was named for Philip, king who was the father of Alexander the Great, if you love your history. And so they named that city after Philip because they're like, let's at least pay some homage to the one who seared and and reared um, Alexander the Great. So yes, let's give him a city. But when Rome took over, Rome made it one of their colonies. And it was actually in the far reaches of the empire at the time, so that when Rome sent its early military um, endeavors into that section of the world, they colonized this area and they renamed it. They kept it Philippi for a little bit, but they also add the names of Julius Caesar as well as Augustus. And so Rome is doing their thing to make sure that everyone in the empire knows that this city is ours. It was actually a retirement city, if you will, for a lot of the military men of Rome. So if you had served your time in the Roman legion, you could and go to a place like Philippi and retire and have your you know, pension or whatever it was for you in that part of the town. And you could stay there, and it was really good. It was a good life, but it was also a bastion of Rome. And so much so that every time that they celebrated things in that city, it was always geared towards Caesar. Because in that town, like so many other towns all across the empire, Caesar was Lord. And that was actually a phrase that was used in a lot of places around the Roman Empire. And so when Paul is writing to his friends in this city, this city that has such a Greco-Roman history, he is pointing something out to them and he says something really key for us to get at this time of our Advent celebration. So I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're only reading just a few verses beginning in verse 4. We're going to read it, kind of give you a little bit of a a historical background even beyond what I've already given about what Paul is trying to do to his friends and say to them in this section of Philippians. Again, it's a letter form. It would have been delivered by someone because Paul is in prison at this time. So that's a really helpful thing to remember that Paul, who is writing from prison, is trying to send some good news to his friends in Philippi. And he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that is where our reading for today ends. It's a quick one. It's a snapshot of this letter that Paul has written to his friends in this Roman city. Because in this Roman city, every time that you, you'd, you would have used the word Lord, everyone in town knew that you were talking about Caesar. So when Paul says Lord here, he's doing a play on words for the people of the town because obviously he's trying to reframe their understanding of that word to be better suited toward the Lord of all creation the one who had sent his son to die on a cross and whose story that Paul wants to do everything in his power possible to get the word out about. The other thing that you have to pay attention to, in Rome at this time, there was this thing called the Pax Romana. Those of you who took Latin back in the day, you remember how this goes. This was the peace of Rome. And it was peaceful about 100 years beforehand from this letter's writing that, that the Roman Empire had done their best, or perhaps it should be said they had done their worst. 
because they had sent their Roman Empire army all over the place to remind people that we're bringing you the peace of Rome, and the way that we bring you this peace of Rome is that we are going to either kill you or give you a chance to pay homage to Caesar. You're going to be, one, you're going to be our subjects. Whether you like it or not, you better fall in line. And so this peace came with lots of bloodshed. And so when Paul says, and may the peace of God, he's really trying to do something, a number on people there who would have said, oh, no, no, we're always talking about the peace of Rome. No, 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 for Paul, it's the peace of God. And remember the difference. And so sometimes it's helpful for us to step into the history of the letter before we draw any conclusions about what's happening for ourselves in our day today in 2021. Now, I read this passage, and it can be an easy one that we check off our list and say, hey, I read the, uh, the Advent passage today from the New Testament. I feel good about myself. We lit our candle. We sung a few songs. We should pray and go out. But what in the world do we do with a passage like this? Because for some of you, I'm highly aware that it is a hard day to rejoice. There might be something that is upon you. There might be something that is plaguing your heart and your soul and your mind right now, and it weighs you down to a point of saying, I'm not sure I can ever rejoice today. We've even told, we've, we've chosen the theme of rejoice as our Advent overarching theme here at Refuge because there is a sense that the weary world rejoices, a, a wonderful phrase that comes from that beautiful Christmas hymn. That how in the world in our weariness can we rejoice? I've been thinking about this word rejoice for a while. If you think about it, it's more than just Just a concept. It's really a returning to joy that we think about when we use that word rejoice. How in the world do you return to joy? Well, for some of us in this season of the year, we return to joy when we go back and do the things that meant something to us in this season of the year. For some of you, it's, it's the traditions that you do. It's whatever happens in your life. I was at a Christmas party last night, and I talked to someone who said that their life and their family had been ruined this week because they did not do all the things that they used to do according to their kids. Like their little kid, six years old, said to them, Mommy, we have not done Christmas right this year because when we, we decorate the Christmas tree, we put the lights on and all the ornaments, we are supposed to drink hot cocoa and watch a Christmas movie. And that didn't happen this year. And so that little girl said to her mom, we haven't done Christmas right yet. And so how in the world do we return to joy? Is it more than just going back to what we used to do or is it more than that? For some of us, we think joy is just this flippant thing called happiness. If I'm happy in the moment, then I'm joyful. And there's a great difference between joy and happiness because happiness can be fleeting. Happiness is circumstantial. It is what's around us. And I will say, if we're, again, we're for honest with one another, happiness may not be your story today. It might be a hard day today. There might be some things upon you and your soul that make it hard to say, I'm happy. But there's a sense that joy stays with you in the guttural places of your soul differently. It sticks to the deep parts of you regardless of the circumstances that you walk through. This is exactly what Paul is saying to his friends in Philippi. Because for them, more than just for us to be a letter that we can read today and glean some meaning from it, for him, he wants them to remember that regardless of the circumstances upon your life, regardless of what you are facing in this thing called the Roman Empire that has this thing called the peace of Rome, the Pax Romana, 
Where do you find your joy? What do you do when it's not necessarily a happy time? And again, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness can be fleeting and circumstantial. Joy is long-lasting. And when we return to joy, it's not just saying, I want to go back to the way things were, much like even that six-year-old would say to her mommy, we didn't do Christmas right yet because we didn't have the hot chocolate and the movie on when we decorated the Christmas tree. Because some of you, to be honest, are probably saying, I'm lucky to even have a Christmas tree up right now. It's been that hard of a season. It's been busy. It's been difficult. I'm not sure I can fit it all in. And there's been a a bit of that of my story this past week. There's been a busyness to this past week that has just overwhelmed. There have been nights that I have fallen asleep exhausted because of all the things that have happened. And some of it's really good, and some of it's just things that happen on a regular pace of a life of a church. But it's also just the heaviness of, of the stories that exist within our community and that some of you have shared. And even as Pastor Nikki reminded you earlier, that when you share with us your prayer requests, the things that are going on in your life, we carry that with you because that is the, the calling that God has given to us as church leaders is we want to stand with you in the gap for whatever it is that you're facing. And so it's been a heavy, heavy week. But my guess is for some of you, it's been the same. And what do we do with words like this from Paul who says, You know what? You should rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And some of us would say, Paul, that is easier said than done. How in the world am I supposed to do that? We want the happiness that comes at the end of a Christmas movie when everything has been resolved. Whether you love the movie about, um, you know, Christmas vacation when everything happens for Clark and at the end everything's great and good and he gets his Christmas bonus and everything goes home. Or you love the end of uh, It's a Wonderful Life and And it happens, and it's like the warm and fuzzy moment. Or you love Home Alone, and Kevin finally gets back with his family. I don't know what the Christmas movie is for you, but we're we're looking for the fleetingness of happiness. And, And Paul is reminding us there's a different thing that we go after in this season, and it's called joy. And when we rejoice, we return to joy within our soul that is long lasting and stays with us. So I wonder what it is for you this season. How is it that you are trying to find joy? There's a few things that Paul mentions here. He talks about anxiety. This is an anxious world that we live in today, and I can't imagine what it would have been like for him. He knows nothing of the anxiety that we carry, and anxiety is pervasive in our society. There are people on medication for anxiety because it's so hard to feel at peace with all that we have. And I'm not the kind of pastor that would say, you just need to pray about it, read your Bible, and all of your anxiety goes away. But why is it that Paul would say, in your anxiety, here's the prescription. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. For me, I wonder if prayer is the key for many of us, that if we involve ourselves in talking with God, not just to God, if we talk with God, the anxiety that we feel within our soul would lessen. I was told many years ago a phrase that has stuck with me when it comes to anxiety and prayer. And I want to give it to you today, not as like a fix-all, But sometimes we wonder, I'm not sure I can mention this to God or talk to God about that because it might be too small or it might be a little bit shameful. But the phrase is this, if it matters to you, it matters to God. So my question is, is what are you praying about right now? And if you haven't been praying recently, what should you be praying about? 
And if we were to share our list of things, I bet you have some. You have things, you have worries, you have things on your list for this coming week or even in a few weeks, and you wonder how in the sense of this, all of this, can I find joy yet again? And we take the words of Paul who says, in all of it, would you pray with thanksgiving? There's also a sense of gratitude. I'm not sure if you've been around people, I shared this with a few people on our team this week, that have you ever been in, in the company of someone who has had the worst experiences in life, but has come out the other side with a sense of gratitude, knowing that there's not a sense that you want to go back and experience that stuff again, but it's been so hard that you've gotten to the other side and you say, I'm grateful because I've learned so much. And in that place, in my gratitude, or that person's gratitude, you're able to be at peace. And you're in those presence of those kinds of people. And they're are different than the person in your life who's bitter, right? There are experiences that we go through, and sometimes it make us bitter. And then you get in the presence of people who have gone through the hardest things, and they come out the other side. And you're like, oh, yeah, you, you don't sound bitter at all. But you have definitely walked through the fire. What do you do when you face the fire? Right? I think these are questions that I'm asking myself as I'm asking you because it faces each of us. For some of you, this past week has been super hard. Or for some of you, you're worried that this coming week is super hard. What do you do with all the things that weigh upon you? Where do you find the peace of God that passes understanding that Paul talks about? which is way different than the peace of Rome that comes with bloodshed and a sword. So this peace in the season that we're in, and we're going to light the candle of peace later on next week. But as we pace ourselves through this Advent season and we wonder how it is that we experience joy, instead of saying, I've got to go back to the way it was five years ago when everything was better. Or could we just go back to two years ago before COVID? Wouldn't that be fun? Remember Christmas 2019 when we had no clue? Doesn't that seem like a, a lifetime ago? And for many of us, we think, if I can just get back to the way it was, then it will be all good. And Paul, who is speaking to friends in Philippi, much like he would speak to friends like us, he would say, regardless of the circumstances that you find yourself in, regardless of what's happening to you, regardless of how much money is in your bank account or what kind of car you drive, what house you live in, whatever the circumstance it is that plagues you right now. Returning to joy is a posture that says I'm returning to a joy for the hope that is to come. And it's not just the hope that comes in the form of a baby 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, but it's also the hope to come for the king who's going to come again and is going to put the world to right, who's going to fix the things that are broken, who cares about this world so desperately that he has started his kingdom, but it's not done yet. There is going to come a time when it is resolved and redeemed and reclaimed and fixed. So in this meantime, we live with this hope, but it's also this returning. It's literally a posture of returning to joy, to be able to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Again, I don't know what's on your heart right now. I don't know what plagues you. I don't know what you are facing. But my hope and my prayer in this season for you is that you would return to joy. It would stay with you in the deep places of your soul.
It would not be quick and fleeting and end like a two-hour movie, but it would stay with you regardless of what you face. I was reminded as we were singing this morning of a passage of scripture that I have long loved, and we don't speak about it enough, I think. It's the book of Daniel from the Old Testament, and Daniel has these, these really giant stories about people like Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you remember those stories. There's the moment when um, the king is about to throw Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, into the fire, the fiery furnace, we're told. And he's lighting the fire hotter than it's ever been lit. And he says to them, will you bow down and worship me as king? Will you bow down and worship the structure that I have set upside, outside the, the palace? And the three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, say to the king, we will not worship you or bow down to your structure. You can throw us into the fiery furnace. And the God that we serve is able to rescue us. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. Because the world will tell us today in 2021 that you are supposed to find your peace and joy in certain things. And for us, those of us who call ourselves Christians, who are marked by the cross, whose lives look differently because of what Jesus did so long ago, we say to this world, I will not find my happiness in what you present. And happiness is quick fleeting, whether it's alcohol or money or sex or power or whatever it is that is there. But the joy that I have is a returning to joy that says, I will not find my happiness in what the world offers. I will find my joy instead by what the king can do. And the king is on the move. The king has never stopped moving. And he is moving in our hearts and our minds and our souls and in our world today. May we have eyes to see him this week. And in that way, we return to joy. And we give him our anxieties. We ask for help with them. We place them before the king. And may the peace that he provides pass all of our understanding in our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we need words like Paul's today, much like the Christians in Philippi needed so long ago. We are overcome with the news of this world, news like there is a tornado that has ravaged four states, and we wonder, is it always going to be like this? Will there always be things that come and bring destruction? Or our souls are heavy laden by the state and the posture of the world, which seems really angry and tense right now, and we wonder, will we ever get back? To something good. And instead of saying we want to get back to something good, God, would you call us towards joy? Would you turn our hearts towards the hope that is to come and to be found in Jesus? And may our lives be a reflection of your kingdom, and would you give us the words to share when needed? But may our lives have a posture and a presence about them that say to this world that regardless of what it is throwing at us, we can find joy because the King you, Lord, are still on the throne and on the move. You have not forgotten. You have not turned a deaf ear towards our requests. And God, would you even give us the strength to share our requests towards you, the anxieties which weigh us down. May we find joy in all of it because you are the one who gives peace, the kind of peace that we need in this season of the year, if nothing else. But may we be filled with peace 
And may we learn to sing rejoice again. We need all of this, God, and we ask all of it in your name. Amen. Hey, would you stand and sing the words of rejoice with our worship team this morning? this week. May you return to a sense of joy that is deep and long-lasting, more than the fleetingness of happiness. I missed you last Sunday. I was away. I took my son on a trip to Seattle because he loves this team called the Seahawks. I don't know how, if you, how you feel about that, but we took him to a game, and it was really fun to be able to just travel with one child in our home. And uh, it was funny because he's of that age where he's very oblivious to all kinds of things. And we're trying to fly home, we're in the airport, and he's on his phone because, you know, we're those parents, and at 13, he's had, he has a phone. Um, I don't know if you've done that sort of thing with your kids, but he's, he's looking at his phone, trying to do whatever game he's playing, and he's oblivious. I literally said to Rachel, let's stop walking and see where he goes. And because his head was down, looking at this, he had no idea of what gate to head to in the airport. And he just began going down Concourse B, and we had to be in Concourse C. And I wanted to just see, like, how long is it going to take? What's going to happen? And he just keeps going. And then finally he figured out that the safety of his parents were not next to him. And he just kept going down the wrong way. And I said, Micah, we got to go over here. It's like the light bulb moment went off for him that he was not aware of his surroundings because he was only focused on what was in front of him. I wonder if there is joy that has been sapped from your soul because you are only focused on what's right in front of you. The pain that so easily encumbers and weighs us down. And instead having the, the ability to raise our head and look to see where God is leading us. Because sometimes we head down towards Concourse B where he needs us in Concourse C.
Would you have eyes to see the King this week? Would you return to joy in your life and in your soul? And would you follow the King wherever he leads? Peace be with you. Have a wonderful week. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday on the 19th. And don't forget about the Wednesday night, the 22nd. As Nikki told you, Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us this week. We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at refugechurchoc. We hope to see you again soon.